So the title of this morning's message is Beyond the Gold. On August 5th this year, the 31st Olympic Games started. And just like an Olympic athlete, we're going to look at some parallels to the Christian life and in our relationship with the Lord. This Olympic uh, occasion that is taking place in Rio right now, there are over 206 countries represented with over 10,000 athletes competing for over 300 medals. And we all know what those medals are. One for the gold, two for the and three for the bronze. And so in this venue, some of the toughest, some of the most enduring, committed, determined, dedicated, well-fit, prepared, skilled, talented, emotionally strong, disciplined, practiced, and prepared. I mean, these guys and these ladies are specimens of physical strength and physical health. And you know, the Bible has a lot to say about athletes. And so there is something that we are to compete. There is something that we are to achieve as Christians that is beyond the gold medal. And so I want you to look this morning, if you would, to Second Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at a few verses, verses 1 through 7. Father, I thank you for this wonderful occasion that we have to worship you in freedom in this great nation. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts through the Bible and by your Spirit. Speak to us, Lord, and we believe that we receive it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So in verse 1, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Well, grace will definitely strengthen you. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same thou commit to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strives lawfully. Now let me just give you another translation that we don't need to pull up of verse 5. The NLT says, And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now verse 6, The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits, or the hardworking farmer must be first partaking of the crops. And in verse 7 he says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. So the Apostle Paul gives us three examples for our understanding of our role as Christians. Farmers, soldiers, and athletes. And so what I want to talk to you about is the athletic part today. Here's what I know about athletes. They are in a competition. You and I are also in a competition in our race. They have opponents. We have opponents. They have a race to run. We have our race to run. They have unique abilities. 
And God, by His grace, has given all of you a unique grace gift. They represent their countries. Well, we represent heaven here on earth. We run collectively. We run individually, even as they do. But you and I, we compete for our families. We're competing for our nation. We compete for our friends. We compete for our relatives. We compete for a prize of gold, of silver, and of bronze. In 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 25 in the King James Version, it says this, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Still another translation says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate, or self-controlled, or temperate, or disciplined in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we have an incorruptible crown to receive. The easy-to-read version says this, All who compete in the games use strict training. They do this so that they can win a prize, one that doesn't last. Oh, but our prize is one that will last forever. Our prize, our rewards, are rewards that will last throughout eternity. So athletes, what do they do? They play to win. They don't go out there to look pretty. They run to win, not to attempt, not to attend, not to participate. Michael Phelps did not go to Rio de Janeiro to lose. He did not swim just to put on a show. He swam and trained not to quit, not to lose, not to give up, but he swam to finish. Usain Bolt. He is a Christian. That's why he has such a big smile on his face. And he wears all that gold for Jesus. He did not go all the way from Jamaica to lose. He flew all the way to Jamaica to win. Now your name is not Usain Bolt. Jesse Owens. Or how about Katie Ledecky? And so we don't function in that field. But how many of you know that we win in the kingdom of God? I'm not looking at a congregation of losers. I'm looking at a congregation of winners. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, great verse of scripture. We quote it all the time. He says, for whatsoever is born of God. Let's read that together. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Do you know what the word victory there in the Greek is? Anybody know what that word is? You probably have worn their tennis shoes for years. The word victory there, it's the only time in the Word of God that it's found. It's actually N-I-K-E, Nike. Swoosh. Yeah. 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 
That's you and that's me. We are winners. We are victors. Now, there is a condition there. If we will live and if we will operate our lives according to faith. If we will put our complete and total trust in Him. No matter what we may go through. No matter where we've come from. No matter what the future may present to us. You and I win. Amen. Amen? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I love that verse of scripture. You can think of other scriptures on victory, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We win because we serve a winner. And so there's three words I want to draw from the text in 2 Timothy chapter 1. That is, number one, we compete. Number two, we compete for a crown. And number three, we must compete according to the rules. Amen? Amen. One of the core values we have here at Heart of the Band, it's been that way for many years, that we believe that we have a group of people that are not bench warmers. I thought I'd hear a little better amen. We have a congregation not of bench warmers. We, we look at every member as a minister. Every member participating in the vision that God has so graciously given us. So you are not a bench warmer, whether you're a member of this church or not, or whether you're just visiting. God has got a place for you to run your race. We're not bench warmers. We compete. Here's what I also know about athletes. They love competition. They cannot wait to compete. You and I must love to compete. Michael Phelps, when he is getting ready to take off in that swimming pool, he's leaning forward. When they, and I don't want to bend over because I don't want to throw my back out. <laughs> but, but, but when they're on the blocks and they're, they're ready to go in that 100 meter or that 400 meter relay, I'm telling you, there's an intensity, there's a focus, and there's a leaning forward. The boxers, when they get ready to fight... They're not sitting around in the lounge in the back room smoking cigarettes, having a Bud Light, and saying it don't get no better than this. No. The boxers have trained. They're like this, man. They're just they're they're ready to go, you know? You don't want to be like that shadow boxer that was shadow boxing in front of Michael Phelps. That was a swimmer. But they're ready, they're leaning. Forward. Everyone say leaning forward. And so the truth is, is that we know many Christians who do not like to engage. They do not like to initiate. They do not like to train. They do not like to be in good shape or fit. And so the challenge that I have for you this morning is this. In your walk today, is it a leaning forward walk? that you have 
Are you ready for the bell to ring? Or we could say it in end times verbiage, are you ready for the trumpet to sound? Is your attitude, oh, they're having a prayer meeting in a church. Man, let's go. They've called a fast. Let's do it. Or I can hardly wait to to get in the word. I I can hardly wait to to serve. Let me get going in my relationship with my, my wife. Let me get going in raising godly children. Let me train. Let me grow. Let me develop. I'm ready to run. When the bell rings, when the gun goes off, and when the whistle blows, we are here to show up. We are here to take our place. We are not here to complain and remain. We're here to be praisers, and we will be raised by the power of God. Is that you? So there's four things that you and I are competing for. Number one, we are competing against the works of the devil. We are competing against the works of the devil. And that's why he's been so strong, and we are so strong in this church to teach you how to resist Satan. Because he does come as a roaring lion. But no, notice this, seeking whom he may devour. You have been given the authority in Christ, through Christ, and in His name, and by the written word, and by speaking it regularly. You have been given authority, just as Jesus had authority when He told the devil, It is written, it is written, and it is also written. So we are not just at the mercy of evil spirits. We are not just at the mercy... Of the enemy. No, when our lives are submitted to God, when we're all in, when we are a hundred percent in, when we submit to God and we pray prayers like this, Lord, your will be done in my life right here, right now, as it is in heaven. When we're submitted to God, whatever He says to us, we do. We don't hesitate. When we're submitted to God, that puts us in a position that when the enemy comes, you can resist him and he will flee from you. And that word flee there means run from as in terror. The problem with many Christians, instead of resisting the devil, they're assisting him. (laughs) Through a loose lifestyle. Through the works of the flesh. So we, there, there's a competition. Now understand this. We do not fight this good fight of faith for victory. We fight this good fight of faith from victory. And there's a big difference. You're already on the winning side. Amen? We're not trying to be on the winning side. We've discovered in the last couple of weeks the Lord is on our side. And when we're on our, he's on our side, he becomes an enemy to our enemies. Yes. Amen. He is against what's against you. Uh-huh. And he's for the good things that are for you. Amen. 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 So we're not trying to get the victory. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from it, from that place of victory. 
Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. You got a little time, don't you, this morning? Y'all dressed up and looked so pretty, came in. Church here, amen. You don't want to just get a little teaspoonful. You want to get the whole roll, right? Let's get the whole roll today. Ephesians 6, 12. It says, now notice this. For we wrestle not. Now that gives us the impression here that there is a wrestle. There is a fight. We wrestle not against what? That means we don't wrestle against our husbands. We don't wrestle against our wives. We don't wrestle against our employee or other our employer. We don't wrestle. Our, our, our fight is not with flesh. But we do wrestle against, read it with me, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Athletes know their competition. In the kingdom of God, you must know your competition. You must know your enemy. And so we're competing against these opposing forces to your faith, to our relationship with God, to our belief and to our victory. And so we need to make sure then that we are functioning in the authority of the believer. Amen? Amen. And then secondly, how many of you know we're competing competing against the ways of this world? We are competing against... Humanism, we're competing against all of these forces that are out there in this world that are really set to deceive our young people. And really set to deceive those whose minds have already been blinded by the God of this world and just pile it on. But you know, you can be a Christian and if you don't learn to get your mind renewed... It's as easy for you to be deceived as it is for the world. That's why he gave us his word. And that's why he said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that we are not to be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds. Amen? Tony Cook says we are not changed by the removal of our minds, but we are changed by the renewing of our minds. God's given us our minds so that we can think. Think about this. He's given you the ability to think the thoughts of God. We find the thoughts of God in the Word of God. And we're instructed to meditate therein so that we can begin to have our minds renewed and not be squeezed into the mold of the world system. See, God's taken us out of the world. And yet, if you don't get your mind renewed, you can be out of Egypt, but still think like you're in Egypt. Amen. And so it's transformed minds and it's dedicated bodies. It is those men, those women, those boys and those girls that will not fall into, if you will, the ways of the world and the operation of the world system. Thirdly, how many of you know there is the web of sin that we compete against? There is the web of sin. Every one of us 
will be tempted. Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I thought my problems were over. It's more like get saved, get filled with the Spirit, and more problems present themselves to you. Amen? The good news now is, before we didn't have the answer, but now we do have the answer. Before we didn't have the way, but now we do have the way. Amen? His name is Jesus. See, before you were born again, you had all sorts of problems. Now after you're born again, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's just the nature of the system. But no, in Romans chapter 6, and notice with me in verse 13 and verse 14, it says, Neither yield yourselves, your members, as instruments of unrighteousness. That's yielding your flesh to sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Amen. Just as Jesus has been raised from the dead, you've been raised from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. See, when God placed you in his kingdom, he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And now he expects you and I to live righteously. Or to live right or to live holy, right? Now, you can't do that in your own strength. Only by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit can you mortify the deeds of your body. You do it through the Spirit. And then you do this also by knowing that you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. That you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But oh, come on somebody, who's living in you? Christ is living in you. And Christ is the hope of glory. That's such good news. But not only that, notice verse 14. This should be something that we are declaring on a regular basis. Read it with me. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under the law, but I'm under what? Sin doesn't dominate me. Sin doesn't dominate you. Why? Because you're no longer under the law, but under grace. Listen, folks, when you get under grace, it'll put you over sin. I love that, don't you? Because I'm under grace and I've accessed the grace of God to live a sinless life by the power of God. It puts me over sin. Amen. All right. And so we understand here that as athletes, Christian athletes, we are in a competition. Number one. Our opponent is the enemy. Number two, the ways of this world. Number three, through the web of sin. But then there is this competition (laughs) between the flesh and the spirit. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the what? How many of you know your spirit man and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you are in direct opposition to the works of the flesh? Now, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, this is a great verse of Scripture. It says this, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. Amen? Now, in this illustrated sermon this morning of the Olympics, the Olympics originated... Oh, way, way, way back. And they would have the Olympics in in huge coliseums. And there would be people in the coliseums that would be 
cheering their athletes on and they would do so vigorously and they would say, man, keep going. You can make it. Keep running. Keep doing it. Well, you and I also have a cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. You know, Dad Hagen would have been 99 years old yesterday. He's up there in the grandstands of heaven. He's cheering me on today. Yeah, Mark, keep preaching. You're 65 years old, Mark. You've got many good years ahead of you. Just keep preaching, son. Just keep doing it. Amen? No matter what it may look like, no matter what it may feel like, you have the proper training, and your training will take you all the way to your finish line. I thank God for the training I've had. That's why it's so important for every one of us to be consistently training, growing and developing in the kingdom of God. You have faith muscles and they can get stronger. But now in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, this is a great, great verse of scripture in the message translation. If we can, let's pull this up. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 in the message translation. I'll, I'll just wait a moment. Uh, so that they can get that. Everybody all right today? Did you have your coffee? I had to have a double barrel this morning. I woke up about quarter to four and I'm just wide awake. Anybody woke up early? Just wide awake and and uh, tried to go back to sleep. Finally, about quarter to seven, I went to sleep for about a half hour. I told Brent, I said, I need a double portion today. So you help a preacher out today, will you? So in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, think about it. Who's impacted your life? Who's with the Lord? Man, they've blazed the way. All these veterans, they're over there in the grandstands, cheering us on in our race. And so what does that mean to us? It means that we'd better get on with it. We better strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins for me. Paul wrote to Timothy and he says, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. We compete. We also compete for a crown. We compete for a price. We compete for a reward. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, that boxer, he competed for $210 million. All he had to do was get in the ring for a few rounds, and he got his check for $210 million. I'd get in the ring for 30 seconds. (laughs) For $210 million. I'd pay this building off. Glory to God. And we'd support missionaries around the world. Now we're doing pretty good in that area. But we're going to bring it up another level in future days. $210 million. LeBron James makes a mere $21 million a year. That's just from the Cavs. But you know with all of his, what do they call those things? Endorsements. You know that the guy's over $100 million. Michael Jordan still today. Because of his tennis shoes. He hasn't had a gold ring for years. And yet the gold keeps coming in. That's the rewards. 
This girl last night that uh, got her sixth uh, medal, Miss Felix, uh, she'll be a wealthy woman because of her discipline, because of her training. God has no problem with rewarding you. Somebody says, are you talking about mansions? Well, you know what? I've got a mansion in heaven. You know, I'm... Silver and gold and all that stuff, it, it's just a mere tool for us to use to continue the, the gospel. Amen? Amen? Nothing wrong with having a mansion here on earth. But if you seek first the kingdom of God, His way of being and doing right, all these other things are going to be added to you. Amen. I don't have a gold watch. But I got streets of gold coming. Amen. There's rewards, folks. There's rewards for being a great, great mom. There's rewards for being a great, great dad. There's rewards for you who do not have a platform ministry, but you've got a ministry of prayer on your knees. You may not ever go on a jet to Africa, but you can go to Africa on your knees. You may never go on a jet to China, but you can go to China on your knees. I'm telling you, there's rewards for people like you who will just continue to be faithful. So he says, yeah, pastor, you're not preaching to me. I haven't been faithful. I got a great news for you. You still have time to be. Now, maybe not much, but you've got time to make the adjustments And be faithful to God. Is there not a scripture in the Bible that says that a faithful man shall what? A faithful man. A faithful woman. Raul here. He's going to the Philippines in October, right? How many Bible schools you got over there? About 26 Bible schools. Stand up, Raul. 26 Bible schools in the Philippines. And while he's here, he serves as an usher. He serves in various capacities in the church. Faithful man, faithful woman here. And it's cost you some money, hasn't it? God is faithful. Faithful is he who calls you, who will also do it. Well, I'm not called to go to the Philippines and open a Bible school. But are you called to open your home for prayer? Are you called to to get a little group together at Starbucks over your vanilla latte? (laughs) Are you called to get a group together at Starbucks and and go over this great message you're hearing? I didn't hear too many amens. (laughs) What are you called to do? Are are you called... has God given you the grace gift to, to make a lot of moolah? There, there's, there's, there's such a thing as money with a mission. Money for missions. The mission of the church. The vision of the church. Amen. Oh, praise God. Just raise your hand and say, yes, Lord, I shall. I shall be faithful. So, so we compete for a crown, 
for a reward. Here's what Jesus said. In Revelation, he said, and behold, I am coming quickly. How much quicker is he coming now? And my reward is with me. Now notice, to give every man according as his, what? His work shall be. Work is not a dirty word. So he says, yeah, but I'm saved by grace, not of works. That's true. But once you're saved, God has made you his workmanship so that you may do good works. Amen. Amen? Amen. There's rewards for living by faith. There's exceed. He said to Abraham, he said, I am your exceeding great reward. Now in Rio de Janeiro, I think it's probably the last day of the Olympics. One thing for sure, athletes want the rings how bad did LeBron James want that ring you will forever see that block that he put on Andre Ugadala your your children's children's children will see that block it literally turned the tide of the whole game LeBron James did not need that win for money He wanted it for his hometown. Athletes compete to win. They compete for the green jacket. You know what the green jacket is, right? That's winning the Masters. That's why they spend hours and years and just unbelievable amount of commitment. God rewards your generosity. And he wants to reward you. Let me close by giving you the rewards that belong to you. Number one, how are we for the video? Are we good? Not not good, okay. I had a video that I was going to show you, and I'll close with that illustration in a moment. For some reason, we weren't able to, to get it. But I appreciate you guys' work on it. It's all good. Everyone say it's all good. Here's some rewards. No, we, we don't need to try it. Here's some rewards in Matthew 5.21. It's a reward of joy. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and You have been faithful over a... I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. How many of you want to hear that? I'd much rather hear well done than well. I'd much rather hear well done than mark undone. The older I get, the more keenly I am aware of the fact that I will stand before him. But not just me. All of us will. There's a crown of glory. It says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that fades not away. (laughs) Hallelujah. Those of you that have been faithful to, to watch over God's precious people. Those of you that have even one on relationships and kind of take on the 
under shepherd spirit, there's a crown of glory reserved for you and it doesn't fade away. Hallelujah. And then there's the crown of righteousness. In 1 Timothy 4.8, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. What is this crown of righteousness? It is the righteousness of God in Christ living right. And then there are people that have endured unbelievable temptation, unbelievable persecution that we in America know literally nothing about. When you get to heaven, you'll know who they are because they'll be wearing a crown. It's the crown sufferers wear and it's the crown martyrs wear. It's the crown that those who have not denied Jesus, it's the crown of life. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And then there's the crown of rejoicing. How many of you like that one? For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are you not even in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. And then there's the incorruptible crown that we started with. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown. Amen. And lastly, Christian athletes, they must compete according to the rules. This is not a freestyle, do-your-own-thing Christianity. Everything in life has rules. Everything in life has laws and boundaries. You go over 65 miles an hour, guess what? You're open. Many athletes have been busted for breaking the rules. Lance Armstrong was busted for steroids. The Russians were in question in this Olympics for steroid use. Phil Necro, a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins way back when they were playing the Anaheim Angels, had an emery board in his back pocket. And the umpire stopped the game. And he looked at the ball and he could see that the ball was dealt with, that it had been worked with, what he would do is he would put his hands behind the back and he would get that little emery board and he would scrub the ball down so that the ball would do all sorts of crazy things. And before national television, they called him out and literally kicked him out of the game. Now, I don't want to ask if you're juicing today. And I don't want to ask what's in your pocket today. But you and I must play by the rules. Rules and boundaries that God's given are not intended to dominate us, but to keep something, not to keep something from us, but to get something to us. How many of you know we live in a lawless generation? Here's some of the laws, some of the rules. The law of faith, the law of sowing, reaping, the law of giving, the law of marriage. What about the royal law of love? What we must do as Christian athletes is keep moving. 
even though we may be hurting, even though we don't think we can make it, we keep moving. And if you'll keep moving, your heavenly father will come on the scene and he'll help you get across the finish line. And so I just encourage you with this word today. Let's live our lives as soldiers, as farmers, as athletes. Let's go for the gold and let's go beyond the gold to please our Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for these people today, Lord. I pray the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light, that there would be a commitment in their hearts that does not require an altar call. It does not require um, an altar filled with people. But I just, in my, in my spirit, Lord, I just, I just pray for folks, Lord God, today that would say, yes, Lord, your will be done. Pray this with me, Lord God. May your will be done. In my life. I know I'm in a competition. I purpose in my heart. To keep the devil under my feet. Where he belongs. To continuously renew my mind. With your word. And to declare regularly. That because I'm under grace. I can live above sin. And I like a boxer. I keep my body under. I don't live by the law of the flesh. I live by the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you. For you are the glory and the lifter up of my head. Amen and amen. Well, did you get anything out of this morning's message? Good.